0: I just kind of run with whatever seems to feel right so I no longer plan ahead for like where what job I'm going to be in five years like whatever mm. I just we I have always weirdly landed where I needed to be and I don't know why or how that is in the universe but way to go so now I just kind of trust that that's going to keep on going
1: yeah hi it's Nick and Nick and this is Better Together, where we explore women's stories through life's major changes and transformations and the support they found along the way. I hit the button. We're doing it.
2: This is it. So oh, official.
1: Welcome, Brittany. Thank one- you, Mickey.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Very natural. Uh, uh one that's of what our corner friends. That's yes. That's right. We're three of the four corners, right? That's right. Here. Holding down the Seattle
0: corner. It's the rainy one.
2: <laughs> the rainy one. Thank
1: you. You're In case welcome. you
0: didn't know. In case you were unaware.
1: Do you miss Florida?
0: I miss parts of Florida. Mm-hmm. Like Florida stories, like Florida man stories. Do not miss that aspect of Florida <laughs> culture, but totally miss like sunshine, warmth, yeah. Yeah. beaches, my yeah. friends, Disney. Yeah. So, Yeah.
1: I co-sign all of that. Mm-hmm. Yes, right. Yeah. Well, ladies, I'm still here, so come on down, <laughs> visit. Brittany, what are you looking at? What is? Where are you coming to us from?
2: I was like,
0: literally uh, weights <laughs> that don't get used very often in a rowing machine. Um, but in general, if I look outside of our like condo door, I get to see the Space Needle and. Of um, uh, the big lake that I dragon boat on, and the cool city skyscrapers—that's so pretty legit.
2: Ooh, that's awesome. No, not bad. Not
1: that's bad a enough. view.
0: It is much better than the rowing machine that is taunting me. So.
1: <laughs> I'm jealous that you have one. That is on my list of things to get for our little home gym. Yeah, it's yeah.
0: quite delightful. So nice. I feel like, I feel like Nikki, where are you? What are you looking at?
1: <laughs> right now, I'm looking at our. Newishly renovated kitchen that my husband uh, DIYed through YouTube videos. I tell him that he graduated from YouTube University because everything he does, he just goes into a deep dive of YouTube videos on it. So yeah, I'm I'm coming to you from my kitchen. Very
0: impressive.
1: I'm looking I can't at wait you. to watch you all. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: don't have anything cool to say. I love it. Like, is this part of the editing process? Is it whenever there's like an awkward pause, you're
1: like, "Yes, okay, chop." Just <laughs> we close those up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it's good. It's a good time. <laughs> Let's get into it. Yeah, Brittany, why don't you share a little bit about yourself? We have obviously some questions for you, but who you are, what you're doing with your life, what brings you joy. Happy New oh, Year.
0: Just, as soon as I figure out what I'm doing with my life, I will for sure tell you. Uh, but It doesn't have to be
1: career-wise. It can just be what you're doing, you know? Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, I feel like that's uh, during COVID season is a little bit of both. But mm. hey, there. Name's Brittany Galima. She her pronouns from Avon, Indiana. Uh, successfully made it <laughs> out of that uh, state about 10 years ago. So
2: Congratulations. Whole- nice work. Thank
0: you so much. I mean, also nice to visit. And I think I have now also lived in almost the
2: four corners of the US.
0: So Ooh, mm-hmm. um, what a fun time. Indiana's not in a corner, just so we're all clear. I just <laughs> kind of pretend like I moved it over to the East Coast and therefore, you know, I rounded. Uh, but yeah, so. Uh, <laughs> this is good. I feel like this is like the intro to my old Bumble profile, like 34 years old, loves walking on the beach and traveling. Thank you so much. <laughs> Insert a picture of me on the beach here. Um, <laughs> so what I'm actually doing uh so for for the work side of life uh this year's a weird one but I I do work in residential life still at at, a university over here in Seattle um and this year what that has meant is I hang out with our COVID housing program so when students uh quarantine or isolate I uh, help them through that process but normally I just I'm a resident you know I'm a community manager on campus for a neighborhood and I uh, get to surprise some cool folks. So that's the professional life, but more fun and outside of that, although also fun. Um, you know, I dragon boat on a local team. Also during now COVID season. Um, I love Seattle. It's actually kind of really grown on me. So I explore the city. I have a partner who I live with here. Um, so we do some exploring together. Poor soul. I made him take me to go look at Christmas lights three times over the holiday season. I <laughs> uh, love that. Yes. Yes. Uh, I cannot say the same for him, but he did go, uh, so that was great. Um, so, yeah, that's a little bit about me, what I do. I'm a Libra. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't, Important. like, super know what that means, but my favorite animals are llamas and
2: penguins. And
0: I think that pretty much summarizes me, so.
2: I love that that's in your summary. That was great. Um, oh, it's
0: like an icebreaker question, right? Uh, <laughs>
2: What Can you tell the people what dragon boating is? Because we know, because yes. we know you, but really you introduced it to us. That is true. Yeah, I started in Florida,
0: mm-hmm. Oh thank goodness, back in yonder day. Uh, it's like a 20-person canoe is like the easiest way to explain it. So you got like 10 benches per boat. It's a very long, long boat. And then, um, yeah, you got two people per bench, 20 people total. There's a drummer on the front with a dragon head, and there's a dragon tail on the back. Um, with a tiller who steers the boat. And we practice two to three days a week up on um, in a couple of different locations. And then, um, you know, we race here. I've raced internationally. You, know,
1: you are so cool. Time. You're underselling like, the super whole talented. experience. Yes.
2: Yeah. yes. Oh my gosh. Tell me I'm cool all the time. This is great. I'm going to be <laughs> well, on a podcast every day. <laughs> Listen, I went to a dragon boat fry out practice Like, try out as in try to see Uh, if you can sit in the boat long enough, not, like, try to be on the team. Um, And so I went, when you had started in Florida, and it is more than a 20-person canoe. It is, like, people have names for the areas of the boat that they're in. You have to coordinate. It's a specific row technique. Mm -hmm. It is intense. And it was something I was not good at. Um, Well, but, you know, it's, like, anything else.
0: Practice. Like, I'm still not – here's what I call myself because the reality is that I'm not very skilled at it, but I'm a caller and I sit in the engine because I've, I've got some power behind these, uh, we'll call them muscles. Um, but the reality is it's like I'm like the team motivator. I just, you know, cheer a lot.
1: That so I'm, I'm not good. That <laughs> description that. is so perfect for you. Not that you're not athletic and use your muscles. I'm sure you do. But I love hearing that you're the team motivator because I would expect nothing less – from you. I can just envision it. Yes. And I've never actually seen you in that element, although I know that that is your jam. I can just picture that being yeah. your, your role. So I love that. I like it. Mm-hmm. So, speaking of things that fit you and suit you, Nicole and I have been talking over the past couple episodes on our own and with some guests about just this idea of trusting yourself, trusting your gut going with your instinct if you will and so as we were chatting about what we wanted to really talk to you about you stand out to us as someone who and Nicole feel free to jump in just you believe in yourself and you Mm, you say yes to your internal voice and so I'm wondering you know what instances you can think of where you really had to lean into that gut check that gut feeling
2: yeah I think for me
0: it's it's weird because like the word intuition is like hits or doesn't with me where I'm like I don't know if I would it's it's interesting that I give the outward appearance that I'm just like self-confident and I just go for it and that's not what it always feels like I think my goal in life is just to to lean into what I think will be an experience that I will benefit from. And I mean, like, as a human, mm. not like it's going to be comfortable. Because like, I'm not a fan of discomfort, but I know I've learned a lot from it. Um, like leaving Indiana was after, you know, 20 some years there was not necessarily going to be an easy decision, but I knew it was time. And I knew I wanted something different to experience because I think I'm like a friend of comparing like Mm. I've lived in India and I knew what that was like I needed something else to kind of assess like after grad school I ended up in Wyoming for a year because I just didn't know what it was like on the west and I was like well that could be interesting to learn about (laughs) learn very quickly that wasn't necessarily a fit for me but um I think that's a time where I just was like it felt right like I was like I just want to try to see and then I can assess how I'm feeling or experiencing that space or place um And I'm no longer afraid to continue moving on from there, right? Like I think Wyoming taught me that, like at first I was going to force myself to stay for a couple of years and I was like, well, that doesn't feel right. I'm not happy. That's not bringing me happiness. Um, and so, you know, I make the decision to move again, you know? So I think there are times like that. I see it a lot more when I move around because I have quite a bit, um, until I land somewhere that feels right. Like Seattle, as rainy as it is. and because I think I met my partner here, it feels right. Like it feels like home. So I leaned into that, even though I'm not a fan of the rain. Like that's not my thing. But um, it felt right. Same thing with like semester at sea when I went on that voyage a few years ago to professionally work for a few months. Like that was a huge risk for me. Like I had to give up a job because I couldn't come back to it because it's only for four months. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, I had Tell to... us a little bit about what semester at sea is. Oh, right. Yeah. So Semester at Sea is a
0: floating university is the easiest way to describe it. So about 600 college students every semester go aboard and there's professional staff that help support them. And we go to about, I think, 15 ports of call around the world in that four month time span. Um, And it was something that I remembered reading about in college, but financially that wasn't something I could swing. It's a pretty expensive program. Um, And so when I found out you could do it as an adult and like get paid a little bit for it, I was like, game time that's me because again I wanted to explore and see what the world was like Um, but I had to lean into that knowing that in four months I wasn't going to have a job I had never been unemployed since I was like 14 Mm. but I knew it felt right it felt like something that was going to be a positive experience so I just went with it and luckily at the end I think um, being lucky enough to know people around the world like people knew who might need to maybe fill a position for a quarter and so I actually ended up being lucky enough to return to a different job um, but again, it was something that paid off, right? Like I knew it was a risk. I don't like taking risks, but I trusted that it was for a better reason and for an experience that I would never have again. And it was true. Also, was
2: cool. I remember, uh, us being together with Steven when you got the call that you were accepted into semester at sea, because it was an early call. It wasn't a timeframe we expected either. Yeah. So, uh, we were at a Starbucks. Mm,
0: as I normally am.
2: <laughs> I have the pictures of that's when right. you got up and you took the call and it was like overwhelming and exciting, but also it was uh, not a surprise like you, you hadn't put in for it, but like surprise timing wise. Mm.
0: Yeah, that's right. Because I had planned because normally to get that position, the rumor is, is that it takes a few years of trying. Um, and so when I got it on the first application, yeah, I totally remember like, I think I was like crying, like it was a powerful moment. I, it was a moment where I didn't necessarily have faith that I was going to get something or that I hadn't earned it, if that makes sense, where I was like, well, I'm sure. gonna, I haven't been in the field long enough, etc." cetera. Um, so that was like a, that was, yeah, that was a really powerful moment. I forgot about that. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I'm here crying. to relive Thank it you. with you. Oh, um, but I love the message that you spoke about in each of these transitions, just kind of leaning in for the experience and assessing along the way. So it's not just, I think sometimes the misconception is that once you make a choice, you've made it and that's it, but it's so okay to assess how you feel after that choice and then say, okay, so I learned something. This wasn't the right one and that's okay. I'm not stuck here. I can continue to lean into new experiences.
0: Yeah. I think the word flexibility has evolved for me. I used to hate it, right? Mm. Like I wasn't flexible. I was very like, I am a planner. Um, so if that's typically how I worked. And then I found that that just wasn't working and that caused more stress than just mm. kind of learning to moderately go with it. Don't get me wrong. If you ask my partner, you'd be like, <laughs> "No, you still like to plan. Uh, <laughs> my goal was that after working one year in a place where it really didn't make me happy, I promised myself I would leave, like I would try something different if only for the fact that I'm not going to stay somewhere where I'm not at least not mo- like I'm not in a good place. So mm-hmm.
1: I have a question about when you're committing to something or making that decision, what does it feel like either physically, mentally, or emotionally? What does it feel like to sit with the options? What is it uncomfortable for you? What are something, are you a pro-con person? Are there people that you bounce ideas off of, or do you just kind of take it in, inside and really mull it around on your own?
0: i probably in the definition of an external processor. I think you two were honestly like uh, very much those people when I was in Florida. Mm -hmm. Like if I needed a space to process externally, like you, you were those people obviously with Steven and with that and things like that. Um, I think that's how I've always processed. I think I'm practicing being more of an internal motivator of how I make decisions. I think I I have found over my lifetime, like I'm pretty easily externally influenced. And so My goal is, well, part of that is part of just me. Like, that's not going to change, but I think to practice a little bit more of that. And I think I sit with it more about, not necessarily pro-con. So funny, the other day, like, we're we're shopping for rings, um, and finally my partner had to give me a deadline because he knew otherwise (laughs) I could just look at, like, I will never decide because, like, depending on what day you find me, I'm going to have, like, 18 different preferences. So (laughs) I find that with every aspect of my life. Like, when I'm job searching, it's like, I don't know, I might be looking, like, one time I was like, you know, looking at jobs with small kids, or now I'm being corporate. Not right now, but uh, I just kind of run with whatever seems to feel right. So I no longer plan ahead for like where, what job I'm going to be in, in five years, mm-hmm. like whatever. Mm-hmm. I just we, I have always weirdly landed where I needed to be, and I don't know why or how that is in the universe, but way to go. So now I just kind of trust that that's going to keep on going.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Because when I try to make the universe do what I say it does, it never works out. So.
1: Here we are. I feel that. Yeah. I too am, am an external processor and if you're familiar with Strengths Quest, which I know you two are, I'm a, mm-hmm. I have learner and input and so I'm all about information gathering about everything <laughs> and anything whether it's a decision about me or the house or my kid or yeah. whatever. Like I want to have all the information and then I will make a decision. I want to talk to 75 people about it who have also had to make the same decision before I make my own. And so one of my intentions actually going into this year is that it's okay to get some information, but that I need to really trust my gut. And so that was selfishly the uh, motivation behind my question and asking you that, because it's definitely something that I battle with often is how much am I really looking outward and how much do I, you know, or should I? feel like I need to just trust myself so I love that so traditionally
2: I guess your role in residential life would be semi-transient like after a few years you kind of move on to the next place and you're now with a partner who is static he's established in Seattle um, and you guys met during that time so how do you go about conversations when what you've known is to move every few years?
0: Yeah, we we definitely have, we talked about it. I think it's a good, that's been a good challenge for me. Normally when I'm in a position for a few years, whether it's training or just my own comfort level, like I'm ready to look for something new um, professionally. And that's not necessarily something that, I mean, I, I can right within the area, but um, the my feel is pretty small in the general area, but I'm kind of, I'm okay with it because I think I finally found, like being with him feels like home. And so now mm. I don't feel that, I know that's so cheesy and that's fine. No, I love but it, I like, love <laughs> it. So like wherever, like that is my, that is my priority is us. So, um, and I'm okay, like being like, he's got a great career here and so do I honestly, um, but I no longer, I don't feel like what I did and maybe it's my age or whatever but I no longer feel that pressing urge to like itch to move. Mm. And that's mm-hmm. probably the first time that's ever happened because honestly, I think I've moved as long as I've stayed in the place is three years, or three and a half, um, probably since I graduated college 15 years ago. So it's a cool feeling, although new, because I just hit my two year mark. This is normally when I would start looking um, and I'm not, and I'm totally yeah. cool
2: with it, Yeah, which is nice. That's awesome. Mm-hmm it's a different level of leaning in. And I think you, uh, it's, you know, especially in partnership, it's about learning to lean in for you both instead of kind of the pattern or direction we always follow. And it's an interesting evolution. I think it's one we've all experienced, um, as we've made big moves with our partners and it's just, it's cool to see. I agree.
1: What would you say is one thing you've learned about yourself, since being in this relationship with Mitt?
0: I don't know if it's something that I learned. Well, maybe it is. I think I've learned my authentic self.
1: Mm. So
0: like, I have never met someone who I have, I don't, have, there are no pretenses. There is no wall. There is no hiding my flaw. like my perceived yeah. flaws because the mesh just happens so naturally. So I think what I've learned is that well, what I learned that about, I think, being in a relationship that not having to pressure it or, like, try to figure out what is right or wrong. But, um, yeah, I think I learned that you can be yourself. Like, I don't – it's like – I feel like I should go on Mr. Rogers and be like, hey, kids, today you, you can be yourself wherever you are. But I think that's really what I've learned. Yeah. Um, and he was great because I think at work, even, I was, like, trying to force myself into a very professional bubble. And if you know me, that's not really my uh, style. <laughs> Um, and so he's been my biggest advocate, I think, to just be my goofy self and just let the world, watch the world thrive from it. Honestly, like yep. I, I think yes. I found the last couple of years, like my goofiness, like, I love it. Like I'm a pretty cool human. So I think that would be like a learning lesson. I think of what he's kind of empowered me to see in myself that I didn't, I don't think I necessarily always saw.
1: He was your mirror. Yeah. Oh, I like that. So he's my fitting. I love it.
2: So something the three of us have in common and that I want to talk about a little bit is we are all three in long-term interracial partnerships. Mm-hmm. And what has that looked like for you and Mim? What does it look like on the West coast? Honestly, I'm in the South. So that has its own connotation, but.
0: Yeah. So, so for context, uh, my partner is Turkish. So he was raised in Turkey until about 14 Um He's uh, to a degree white presenting. So a lot of our conversations around the what around, like we do hold a lot of white privilege within our relationship, just to be transparent, and throw that out there. Um, I think for us, it's uh, the focus is a lot more on intercultural relationships. So mm-hmm. um, his values don't values are the same, but I guess like his upbringing, the um, I mean, we joke about like what church do we make now or like, mm-hmm. like how are even like what we make is different um, or how I talk with his parents and, Um, I think it's more about that and how much we both learned. I came from a very, well, I I don't want to say traditional, because I think that's kind of a misleading word, but like very large family in the middle of Indiana. We lived on a farm. Like that is my, you know, until we moved to the city, but like in general, like that's kind of where I grew up. He grew up in Istanbul, like in the middle of a city. So I think, um it's been cool to watch how we were both raised in very different places, but have so much in common and shared value set. Um, but, and we still, you know, I think have learned to appreciate what each other has, you know, or, mm-hmm. or what, what we've both gone through. So, um, I think, uh, outwardly, I mean, you know, from, uh, my family again, it is, I think they've they, they have learned a lot. Like we made my mom like a Turkish feast for Christmas, uh, which was fascinating. Um, we come from a family of casseroles. so. <laughs> but I think it was about like explaining where the food came from, like what ingredients do they use? And food was a great educator for her because I think the other thing that I learned a lot about like the Ottoman empire and like where, like what even brought his family here, like the circumstances behind that. So it's, I think it's, um, yeah, it's been powerful to watch like how we both talk about our different backgrounds and upbringings and how they relate, but also like um, acknowledging I think, the privileges that we both do have visually
1: Um,
2: Mm. Outwardly, yeah.
1: Outwardly, I think one of the hardest parts about melding your life with someone else is melding families Mm. and or your history and upbringing more so than just meeting someone and hitting it off or not. I think as time goes on, you learn more about each other's families and you learn how your upbringing and your past have impacted who you are today. Uh, And so I'm curious, really from both of you, what you have noticed over time has really come to the forefront when it comes to looking at both of your families and what that means for you two in your relationship. Mm. Wow,
2: just a light, airy question for us to have no preparation for Yeah, I, wow.
1: Mm-hmm. you're welcome. So
2: I think for James and I, James comes from a military family. And so his nuclear family, his parents and his brothers, that was it. They were moving quite a bit when he was younger. Um, and so they're very tight knit. Whereas growing up for me, for uh, the first half of my life, it was my mom was a single mom. And so it was just the two of us. And that partnership looked very different um than what james had and then as my dad came into the picture my parents got married when i was 12 um or when i was 14 they met when i was 12 so then when that came in we relied a lot on extended family Mm. so like my cousins were like my siblings i was an only child where james had his nuclear family and, and necessarily wasn't as close with his extended family And so kind of melding what that looks like from a boundary standpoint has been big for us. Um, Our families are both close by. So kind of also relearning what boundaries should mean for us as a couple versus what that family dynamic looks like has been an ongoing conversation. Honestly, it's always evolving. It's always changing. It'll continue to change as we, you know, when we move from dating to marriage to in the future kids, that's, it's going to just continue to change for us. I think, we've worked really hard to respect the choices our parents have made for us because we know they did it with their best intentions. Mm -hmm. And then moving forward, we try and sit with our own knowing or internal motivation more to make our own
1: decisions. That makes so much sense.
0: Yeah, I think similarly, so MEMS an only child. um, And really once they moved to the States, like it's only the three of them. Um, mm-hmm. mom has a best friend so it's kind of like a like a close-by family friend but um, in general that's a very different upbringing that I had surrounded by the siblings and then having a half-sister and um, I think it's led to like an issue. like so holidays for me are like the like I think what's fresh in my mind with like the food and the holidays that we just went mm-hmm. through a lot of this mm-hmm. is like I grew up with like 30 percent holidays at minimum <laughs> yeah sitting at the kids table for 10 years like I knew how my holidays were going to go and I knew, you know, uh, who uh, women were going to clean up, men were going to watch football. Yeah. Like I could tell you the schedule of the day and it was always going to involve a lot of humans. And for them, that's just not what they celebrate. And, um, it was also very intimate. So I think for me, I'm, I, I'm so used to that larger family dynamics. So when it's time for holidays, that's what I crave and what I want. Like I want to be with my mom. I want to be with my sister and my family. Yeah. Um, and that just wasn't necessarily how he was brought up. Like, you know, like they, they didn't celebrate Christmas. So it's like, it's just very different when it hits holiday season. Mm-hmm. Like what I crave and what he craves, but because he obviously he's super supportive of my family adores. And so like, he's along for the ride too. Uh, but it just, it means different things to both of us, but we both support what the other person wants. So it's been about finding that middle ground of like, finding a way to meld the two. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's one of the hardest, but one of the most beautiful things too and now coming at it from the perspective of having grandparents and great grandparents in my kids life and and the importance of just having family continually be a part of our lives uh is super important to us both which i appreciate
0: yeah it's and we're not we've decided not to have children so i think that's another variant i think from what i would have if you had asked me 20 years ago where i thought i was going to be don't get me wrong i got the my my human, my partner. Um, but I think my family is now having to navigate what does it mean to have somebody that doesn't want children. Um, mm-hmm. Like 30 person Thanksgivings are not going to be a thing for our family. Mm. So
2: yeah. Interesting. Have you found it's been hard to share that with your family or do you feel like an, a a pressure to share that with your family? I think as women in our thirties, uh, there is a pressure to, to have children to, you know, it's kind of gifted to us by society, if you will, that that's our number one purpose We're groomed for Mm -hmm. that growing up, that that's our purpose. So has it, how has it been sharing that decision with people or have you,
0: I have, and it took I think people have reacted differently. And this is friends, family, like everyone's different. Um, I think for me, it is interesting being in a longer term relationship later in my thirties for the first time, really, this is my first serious relationship. Well, not my first serious relationship, but um, I think one's where questions about having kids, getting married, things like that um, have come up. And so I think like I have had to break it down even for my mom, right? She is such a kid person and, like to tell her was probably the hardest because she, that just wasn't what she had imagined for her children. Uh, but I think she now sees it, right? I was like, Mom, like, I'm in my, like, it looks different and it can look different. Um, so I'd say that's the hardest. And I think we're, uh, it, it was always, I think some people have asked the question, like, well, you say that now, like.
1: Oh, that drives me crazy when people say that.
0: Yeah. I'm they, sorry wait, to interrupt you. Like, No, it's because I think the same thing too, right? It was kind of like when I was a kid or not a kid, but like a teenager and I was socially liberal in case that shocks anyone here. And people (laughs) would be like, well, you'll grow out of it. Like same thing with like Mm. not having children. They're like, no, you'll change your mind. Mm -hmm. It like, it doesn't occur to some people that that just might not be the path that I've chosen and that I actually do know myself more than you Like we know ourselves, like we we have made a decision it's actually pretty cool like we, yeah. we're really digging it yep. so yeah yeah I would say it's been easy to share with people I'm not but I don't hide from it like I have challenged I think people back who think that that is the purpose of women or that um deciding not to have children is somehow like not fulfilling my yeah livelihood.
1: yeah right yeah. so oh I have so many thoughts share them <laughs> Where to begin? (laughs) Uh, Well, even as of this morning, I was FaceTiming with my brother, and he is in a serious relationship. And he has continued to share with me that they don't plan to have kids. And they're about to adopt a cat, and they're super happy with that decision. And they're in their late 20s, and I told him, of course, I support you no matter what. I want you to know you can change your mind or not and know that there's no judgment either way. And so that's what's important for me because I don't want him to ever feel like he's pigeonholed into any sort of identity or decision or whatever. Uh, And I know for me, I started off, even through my 20s, I would say, Really thinking that mom life was not for me as I sit here in a hashtag mom life sweatshirt. Okay? I know. It's like, yeah. wait a minute. Like a loser, okay? <laughs> no. No. I just never saw it. I never felt it. And I assumed that it would be something that I just knew in my bones. And I'm a woman. And so if I was meant to have a kid, I would have this crazy desire to. And really, when I met Willie and we started, you know, getting some time t- together and as more time passed, I was like, this is what it feels like to want that with someone mm-hmm. else and I could actually see it. And so for me, it was an evolution. And so yes, I had started off really not seeing it, but I allowed myself the grace and of course um, the the ability to change my mind, which I think whether I did or not, uh, this pressure or idea that like I would grow out of it was so ingrained into me mm-hmm. growing up of just like well, well I, yeah we'll see
0: and I thought the opposite where I was like I grew up being like of course I'll be a mom that's what you do it never even occurred to me that I could make a decision otherwise mm-hmm. and like it yeah like I yeah I think that's what's even shocked the he- heck out of me uh <laughs> is that
2: <laughs> you
0: know <laughs> uh is that I I love the decision that we made. Like, I'm so yeah. incredibly happy. And you're right. If that changes for both of us, cool. Well, like, we'll go with it. And I can see, like, the planner in me is like, we're going to have some really cool adventures. Yes. And we don't, yes. my my purpose in life is not to perfect. Like, that, yep. and that is totally cool. And I didn't used to think that would be okay. Yep. Maybe that's what I learned the most out of end in this relationship.
1: Mm. Hmm. I would even say, my purpose, even though I am a mom, is not to just yeah be a yeah. woman who has kids. I have exactly. other purposes. Purpose? I? It is not <laughs> your main identity, right? Yeah, you know, like it's a huge part of my life. But so is being a wife. So is just being yeah. a woman. So it's so many be other Nikki. things. Yeah. yeah. So I think, and I'm I'm grateful that I have surrounded myself with people who also support that idea. Uh, I think that's super important. Um, but, yeah, I this this whole idea of, well, you'll change your mind and come around to doing it the right way. To your natural
0: duties.
1: Right, right. Yeah, like, are you kidding me right now? It's ridiculous. Ugh. Those are my mm-hmm. thoughts.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, those are great. And I think, you know, for me, it was similar to Brittany. I couldn't imagine not having kids uh, you know, growing up as an only child with a single parent, it's isolating and lonely a little bit. And uh, all of my cousins had siblings. So when we left after big, huge family holidays, they still had people around them and and we didn't. Um, so it was, it felt, I think when James and I first met, I was like, I want to birth a soccer team. <laughs> and <laughs> I- I that. yeah, uh, he was like, no, <laughs> He wants, uh, he's like, I would like you to have twins, so a boy and a girl, so that we have one of each and we're good. And I was like, you done. don't control that. That's
1: how that um, works. Didn't you know? <laughs> didn't I didn't get the memo. Let me tell you something. Um, there is nothing you draw about it. <laughs>
2: yeah, so now as we explore, like starting a family, um, you know, I have some health issues issues or diagnoses that will make getting pregnant naturally a little bit harder. But I think for us, we've begun to explore adoption, surrogacy, natural pregnancy. It's just kind of like we want our family to form in the most organic way. And that might not be a natural birth process. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's interesting how it all evolves and how like Brittany said, you are okay with it because it's what you want instead of listening to what society says you will or will not grow out of
1: and Mm -hmm. how much more happy and comfortable people are living their lives when they honor their true desires yes Mm -hmm. and how unhappy you know on the flip side people are when they live for others like it it's pretty clear you know like there's no denying the fact that if i'm constantly trying to make someone else happy and not ever listening to what it is that I need or want, I'm not going to feel fulfilled. And so I think that that's important to remember too. Yeah.
0: And it only took me 34 years to get here. (laughs)
1: Listen, (laughs) there are no rules in life. And I tell tell students and people that I, you know, my colleagues all the time, I've had four careers at this point. You know, it's like there is, I have lived the opposite of a straight line career path Mm -hmm. and I don't regret a minute of it. And I think that that is one of the things that I cherish about, especially my adult years is that I've listened to myself and I've trusted my gut in many instances to go out and venture and not follow a straight path because I don't think that I would have ended up where I am today if i i didn't trust that so it's okay to learn things late in life and it is okay to take chances and take the what is it take the path less traveled
0: yeah i feel like the word of the that i'm getting used to is pivot Mm. like we use it a lot this season but like like, for example, like, I always thought I would be a res lifer for life. And especially, like, when you grow up, like, I watched my mom be a teacher for 35 years. Mm-hmm. You're kind of taught, like, you get one career, and then yes. you just go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, again, I'm learning. You can pivot. Like, my partner's so supportive. He was like, you want to be, like, 18 different careers? Like, go for it. Try it. Like, what, you know what I mean? And I think this is another great list, lesson that I learned of, like, if I'm ready to be out of residential life or my current field, that's okay, too.
1: Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I know my brother and I give my parents heart attacks because we both have <laughs> done wildly different things with our lives and changed our minds about a thousand times. And they're probably on the edge of their seat all the time, but you got to do what's right for you. So
2: uh-huh. I think my dad, he just recently told me, he was like, yeah, I'm just happy you're employed. <laughs> <laughs> their their goals for us are simple. No longer an expectation. Uh-huh. <laughs> But this year, I have, especially in my work circle, um, because everything changed for how we do team member engagement, uh, since we're not in an office environment anymore, everything became pivoting. Like We had a plan, and then we had a backup plan, and then we had a pivot plan, and we were always relying on that pivot plan. And it Mm. taught me a lot about, I don't know, I guess being able to do it in that structured environment helped me ease into pivoting more in my natural life environment outside of work too. And Mm -hmm. um, once you see like these controlled experiences aren't going to blow up in your face and end your world, they might blow up, but it's not the end of everything. (laughs) I certainly had some of those this year, you know, then that's, it just, I don't know. It's freeing and it, it gives us license to write our own books. yeah. Mm -hmm. Write our own stories, not books. Wow. You
1: could do, you could do both. My friends are so
2: profound.
1: You could write a book. I'd read it. Thank I you. I would read thank you. it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Are we ready? for? Well,
2: Brittany, are you ready? <laughs> is this the question thing?
1: Yeah.
0: Again, I'm a Libra, so it, this, is the, this is the stressful part. I don't make decisions well.
1: I feel like we should have like game show music when it comes to quick six time. Like, you know how to do that,
2: right? I I saw that podcast. You know how to do that now,
1: Nikki. I'm trying. I'm doing my best. (laughs) And you're doing great. Thank you. Uh, So, anyway, quick six.
0: I'm ready. Emotionally, physically, I'm here for it.
1: Who do you want to ask you questions first? Yeah, you get to pick who starts.
0: Urban, I mean Hexman, sorry.
2: Forever. <laughs> Urban. Oh, it's Forever me. Urban. Both of them I was. The I, know, I know, I <laughs> know. We will tell people so my maiden name is Urban sorry. <laughs> and as the four corner friends got together, um, you know, that's we had multiple Nicoles in the office. <laughs> so, we had three in fact. And so we started going by last names or nicknames and I went by Urban a lot. Um, and they've all refused to call me by my married name. So I'm so sorry. I'm gonna get there I'm as not. soon as I change it in my phone. It's gonna be permanent. Mm-mm. No, I don't Mm-mm. believe you. <laughs> uh, but I will start. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Question number one. Mm-hmm. What is your favorite word?
0: <laughs> all of a sudden, I'm like, okay, get a dictionary. <laughs> Spatula. <laughs> because okay, just
1: spit everywhere.
0: Somebody once, as an icebreaker question, was like, "What's a funny <laughs> word to say?" And I was like, "Yeah, spatula." And ever since then, it's just kind
2: of stuck with me. Okay, okay, spatula.
0: It's very deep I and profound. This
2: is... I didn't expect anything, but I know if I had an expectation, it would have been <laughs> spatula. But I like it. Uh, number two, fiction or nonfiction?
0: Oh, fiction. There could be, like,
2: fairies or magic involved. I'm so in. Yes. Number three, would you rather
0: oh dear.
2: go into the past and meet your ancestors or go into the future and meet your great-great-grandchildren that, well, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I know this answer. <laughs> meet, I, I don't know, about great-great-grandchildren.
0: great great-great- great me, just general humans on the other side. I probably would still go back in history, because I think we just don't have a lot of it documented. I really do want to see what they were up to. Or like, how are we... <laughs> we just did 23 me or I did. I guess I should say, mm. like, like, that little thing. As a reminder, I was raised, like, to be like, all right, Brittany, you're Dutch. We had the wooden shoes to prove it. And I was like, all right, I'm in. <laughs> then 23 me came back. Turns out, I'm Bavarian. Oh. Mostly. So, German uh so now i'm like well how the heck did we get this story so yeah i think, I think <laughs> where did we past- get
2: the wooden shoes from
0: that's what i'm joking i know we had spent a few generations there but apparently long term and literally the first thing out of my partner's mouth was like well that explains the amount of cheese and i was
2: like <laughs>
1: <laughs> do you know <laughs> that one of my questions was going to be what is your like what is one food you would have to have for the end of time. But I already know that the answer would have been cheese. So I just. Probably cheese.
0: Actually, that's not true. I would want. Or ranch. Some salsa or some... Oh, ranch. But only the good ranch. None of that Hidden Valley crap.
1: <laughs> you heard me. Wow. That's I'm right. offended. That's because I'm they don't
0: put pickle juice in it. It's not
2: good. Sorry. I think of Brittany every time we go to a restaurant. We, as in not Brittany anymore, because she's in Seattle. But like, I physically go to a restaurant. I remember fondly the times Brittany would be like, what kind of ranch do you have? How do you make Uh, it? Do you make it yourselves? What do you make it with? And if it passed the test, you'd be like, bring me a bowl. (laughs) A bowl of ranch. Uh, Some things
0: never change. That's (laughs) still an accurate portrayal of what happens when we go out. We will never
2: pivot
1: from ranch.
0: Never. Yeah. Ranch and cheese.
1: All right, But that doesn't count as one of my questions. Okay, here we go. Okay, sorry. Mm -hmm. What... What are you wearing on your feet right now?
2: Nothing.
1: Ooh. Because. naked. Well,
0: I just find socks <laughs> to be very claustrophobic. Okay. Now, it is freaking cold here, though, so I may put on some socks. If you haven't had fun toe socks, they're great. I highly recommend them. They're wool.
2: <laughs> Sorry. I've never heard of them. I feel like Gosh. I just turned this
0: into an advertisement. I don't even know if that's a real brand. But they have the words fun toes on them. So okay.
2: You're welcome. Hashtag sponsor us, Funtil. I know, right?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to steal one of Irvin's questions that she asked Mm. me on the last episode. Good thing I didn't repeat mine because I almost did. Mm. Okay, sorry. We are not a fan, and therefore you should not be a fan, of (laughs) New Year, New Me. So if it was New Year something else, what would it be?
2: What would you change it to?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: what <laughs> either
0: this just got too deep for me and i'm like i would just say
2: new year woohoo!" i don't know <laughs> but that's the best answer
0: okay well, think, especially because this year there's like i'll be real i barely made it to midnight
1: yeah yeah and then i was like Good night. Good night. night. (laughs) New year. Good night. (laughs) And I don't
2: set
0: resolutions because I also think that's yep crap. Mostly because I don't keep them, and I think it's a way to set myself up for failure, and then yeah, like more crap.
1: Yep. Yes. We just new year.
0: Enjoy yourself. You know, just you're yeah. Enjoy yourself. Yeah. I like the woohoo better though. Let's keep let's keep it (laughs) up.
2: New year. Woohoo. New year. (laughs) Woohoo.
1: Uh, if you had to wear. One color every day for the rest of your life, a- head to toe to shoes to everything, just one color outfits. What color would your outfits be?
2: Ooh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: I'm gonna go
1: with green. Oh, Ooh. oh, oh uh, Ooh. Ooh. and I need a shade. Like, at what what shade are we? Emerald oh, green. Can't do a Let's spectra. stick with that.
0: <laughs> All right. I'm not sure why it's it's my
2: favorite color. That's actually why I found the reason. <laughs> so
0: quickly you found the reason. <laughs> and I look good green. Let's be real. This
2: kind of yes. our hair.
1: This is important. Ah, yes, yeah. it is. <laughs> Chef kiss. I love that. All right. Well, I think that's all the very difficult, challenging questions that we have for you today. Yes, yeah. you
2: passed the test. Whoosh. Nailed it.
1: We can remain friends.
0: Oh,
2: thank you. Your, <laughs> in case your highnesses. It was in jeopardy.
0: <laughs> I know. I was like, I well, well, I
1: didn't
2: know anyway, it was in jeopardy. Uh.
1: We love you very much. Oh, and we thanks. love you.
2: Thank you for doing this with us. This was a yes. lot of fun. You're
0: such good humans. I'm just so daggum honored. Ugh. Oh.
2: I wish they could down. see
0: the body movements you both just to like the little dip, the
2: little Just
1: like a little like shoulders
2: oh, swag. Yes, right. That swag is called compliments make me uncomfortable.
1: We're so glad you joined us this week. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, subscribe, leave us a review. It really means a lot. Until next time, remember, we're better together.